Welcome to Joe Picks an NFL Team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his San Diego Chargers, is evaluating all 32 NFL teams to find out who he should root for next season. We finish off our doubleheader by going to the only NFL city, which itself is named after an animal, the Buffalo Bills. Will they charge into the Sweet 16 or have their population decimated like their namesake? <laughs> Jeff, hit it. Number two. We're back. Tonight, Buffalo Bills. Yeah. We are back. Joe, this is team number, what, 22? After we do this, there are only 10 left. Now, one is thing this that 22? would be great. Oh, my God. That if some super fan out there wanted to do this would be great, is like, what are the key dates that are out there? Like, when should we start even caring about having this thing wrapped up and then like yeah. back do the math for us and figure out how many shows we want, knowing that we want to do like the sweet 16 and then maybe I give everybody like a week or something to get their input in and then do like the final episode. Oh yeah. I mean, look, I think that I think sweet 16 has to be its own episode. I think you could maybe do eight and four as one episode, but I think the final has to be the final. Yeah. Well, whatever. Some some super fan figured this out for us. Right. So that's three weeks built in. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The, I the think super we're fans can figure it out. They know more about this than we do. So, someone needs to send us a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, to pick out the teams, too. Just to, just do it all. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's get into it. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, Joe, what are we drinking? Dan, we are drinking a drink that is conveniently called oh it is strong dan <laughs> oh it's conveniently called the buffalo bill dan wow wow it is named after the famous frontiersman and showman buffalo bill cody have we There's had a, a drink sp- that's the exact name of the team i believe this is the first one we had packer punch yeah but that's uh, like a joke yeah i yeah. mean it's like no. we had a manhattan but that's not you know a giant totally. Uh, yeah, no. So this is, I think the first of its kind it has a story behind it. So Buffalo Bill Cody, famous frontiersman was getting older, getting a little bit long in the tooth, wasn't as healthy as he had once been, goes to the doctor and the doctor says, well, look, you need to stop drinking. Oh boy. The worst thing a doctor can possibly tell you. And he's like, I'm a cowboy. There's no fucking way I'm going to stop drinking. Doc, you got to revise your advice because I... I'm a cowboy. But I will persona, go to another doctor. To so the doctor says, fine, 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 fine. I get it. But you have to limit yourself to one drink a day. So he invents a drink that is two shots of bourbon and served over ice. And you fill up the glass with hard cider after that. So he figured, fine, I'll have one drink a day, but I'm going to get at least three cocktails into my one drink. Boom. Boy, I didn't put the ice in. That's why. Boy, I'm... <laughs> I thought it was a drink to be had neat. I mean, 
given the time period, I assume he drank it neat because ice would have been really fucking hard to get at the time. But yeah. uh, it's a lot better over ice, I imagine. Yeah. I'm I'm really could go for some ice right about now, but I just have to <laughs> press on. We'll have to compare our experiences with the drink. Well, I did fit more cider in there due to due mm. to not having ice. True, true. I'm, I'm actually true. drinking it out of like a a bourbon glass because I wasn't sure what the appropriate glass was for the drink. You know, it's whatever they would have had in you know Colorado in the 1850s or whatever. So you're doing great. All right. Well, that's great. We've got the drink going on. Everybody, you know, make yours at home. Get ready for that. It's an experience. As long as you're not listening to this podcast while driving. Yeah, then don't. We do not endorse drinking and driving. Ubers and automated cars for everybody. We don't want a Kenny Britt situation on our hand. <laughs> we don't. Keep your marijuana cigars only in states <laughs> where that is legal, okay? By the way, one thing. This is completely aside, and there's no time for it, but we both live in states where marijuana is legal. Do any of your friends, like, I now have friends who are like, I'm going to grow marijuana. And they're really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was at someone's house and he showed me his little like marijuana greenhouse. Yeah. I have a friend who's like an engineer and he showed me his and he's like so proud of it. And he's got his little setup and his little LED light. It's very cute. I also know a guy who is a lawyer who right when it passed was like, I'm going to go into cannabis law. Started going to cannabis law. Like really, I mean like smart idea, right? Like yeah, yeah. all these, they're Cutting all edge. legit now. They're going to need lawyers. So goes into cannabis law, starts working as a lawyer for all these people trying to file applications to be growers, sellers, all this stuff. Sees where the money is, stops doing the cannabis law thing and literally bought a farm. So now he <laughs> just, is a just growing. grower and distributor of weed. And he's actually like, I mean, it's funny. He said that he's like, pretty successful because he approaches it like a lawyer. She's like half the people that do it are like stoners and idiots. And he's doing it. Like he shows up to his meetings wearing a suit and people are like very impressed with that. Yeah. So um, anyway, and yeah, if I know the, it's like a, federal government comes after him. He's like can defend himself or, you know, if not defend himself, like at least he'll, you know, he's knowledgeable about what's going on. I asked him if he was nervous after Trump was elected, he was like, well, look, it's not great. He's like, but, but because there are now, like basically because of California, it makes everyone else safe because California is so big. Like if the yeah. federal government were to actually try and crack down on this, it would be such a massive undertaking that yeah. it's just hard to picture. Not impossible with Trump, but hard to picture. I think it'll be a bad luck if Trump tries to do it. it, it yeah. It, I think a lot of it'll it'll split up his supporters even more. Not that like bad looks necessarily stop the Trump administration from doing something. I mean – yeah. <laughs> I think the healthcare bill is a testament to that, but he feels relatively protected and I think he's right. All right. We shouldn't get bogged down in Trump. Everything's not about Trump in this fucking world. We're going to talk no. about the Buffalo Bills, but before we do, we're opening up the mailbag again. And boy, we had such a big mailbag from last time. It had to be split into two episodes, but now that it's the second half and the mailbag's a little lighter, I will tell everybody go to joepixpod.com. We'll see all the contact information there or just send an email to nfl at joepixpod.com. If you yourself, you at home listening to this right now, want to send in your feedback about our last episode about the Titans, about this episode, the Bills, or about whatever two teams we will pick at the end of this episode. And if you don't listen all the way to the end, just go to the website. It will be up after we eventually pick them. So here we go. On that idea of random people sitting at home We've got a new fan. Oh, my goodness. Now, nice. this person, not like the diabetic from before, who will come up in this one again, 
you know, diabetic, good, getting in the feedback about the teams. This new fan only sent one short, concise email, which is the other than what Superfan Sean did, which is filling out a section for me. This is like the straight way to my heart. From new fan Errol. Hey, Dan and Joe and whomever. Firstly, Joe, I am sorry for your loss. It must have sucked pretty bad. I wouldn't wish your misfortune on a Falcons fan. Not sure if you mentioned this in the Saints episode, which was my first, by the way, and loved it. The progressive acts of Mayor Landrew removing Confederate statues during the Civil War section of the show. Just a friendly reminder. Looking forward to see how this pans out. Y'all are playing with some real devoted folks. Social experimentation on a free medium is fun to me. I'll stop buttering your bread now. I mean, I really felt like our bread could have been buttered a little bit more, but, you know, what do yeah, you think? Sometimes, sometimes you like both sides of the bread buttered. I mean, yeah, it's fine. So, Errol, thanks for the feedback, says man. He Welcome. wants to be a super fan. He says, never forget 28-3. So he's a Saints fan, if I'm getting. What do you think? Confederate statues coming down, Joe? You pro? Thumbs up. Two thumbs up for that. Our 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 section of their role in the Confederacy definitely buoyed by uh, those statues getting torn down. That's great. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Errol. You are now a super fan. Congratulations. I'm still not going to tell you the secret address because I don't feel like responding. But just listen to we mentioned the Saints episode. So you know you're a super fan now. Boom. Congratulations. It is bestowed. And we we need theme music from Jeff to like bestow. The super fan status on somebody. <laughs> totally, totally. Anyways. We need like a whole official ceremony too. Yeah, but <laughs> I know. that's fine. That was our last general purpose email. So we have a couple emails that are bills related. But Joe, before we get into that, should we see what the uh, the fan feedback was on the latter half of our last doubleheader? Steeler fan feedback. You ready for it, Dan? I mean... How is hold on hold on here's here's the real question how is your skin feeling would you describe it as thick at the current moment <laughs> <laughs> well it's tingling a little bit in in anticipation <laughs> okay that's good all right let's, let's let's just start with the top rated comments oh god Darth Steeler eighty four says I'll say this nicely that is a terrible listen oh boy that was it. Oh, what, what would him? What, what would him not saying it nicely sound like? My God! Wait, this was the Steelers are the highest ranked team in the entire system thus far. You've never done higher. That was terrible. Us buttering the bread of his team, both sides of the bread, I'd say. And frankly, don't you did not say that nicely. Okay, uh, here's a more comprehensive version of that. Not really a fan of the podcast, and the other guy, Dan, that's you. <laughs> Sorry, you're about to get some some shit, some 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 shade thrown at you. Oh boy! The other guy who reads aloud at a fourth grade level is kind of grating. You talked about the Packers for 20 minutes and then talked about not football for a very long time. Maybe if you're evaluating teams to follow, you should talk about the teams and not how many white Russians you have to drink. Which, by the way, I will say this means that this this gentleman listened to the end. That's some devotion to a podcast you didn't like. That well, said, wait, hold on, hold on. Best ending ever. That said, you're welcome to be a Steeler fan. <laughs> He's buttering your bread a little bit after taking a dump on the bread. Well, so then look, I mean, so then I respond. I'm like, hey, you know, fair enough. But, you know, we try and balance banter and not banter. And then he like goes on this rant about how terrible it was again. And then two of our super fans from Reddit, from other forums, weigh in in our defense. Though, you know, they agree that maybe... The new segment, Dan talks about something 
is not is not our is not a home run. Dan talks about the leftovers, and, and frankly, just no one on the Steelers Reddit page liked Packer Corner. Which now that we have a Packer Corner theme song is like too bad for them because we're going to take lots of trips back to Packer Corner. Da, 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 da. It's Packer Corner. Green Bay loves them. Now, I would Joe. like to know. I don't have a Packer Corner for this episode. It's Packer so. Corner. Well, we're talking Pander about Packer Corner right now. Yeah, yeah. How much the Steelers show. hated it. So there you go. Yeah. And we got to get the Milwaukee's best, best money in. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Just mention <laughs> Joe at checkout for your 20% off. Any, any Kroger grocery store. <laughs> Oh, I did it at my corner liquor store. It's nationwide, Joe. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. So Steelers, not big fans. Wow. That is shocking because, I mean, we've seen in the past how you've taken a team from a maybe to a no based on the, the Cardinals. And we've seen how the Texans fandom has, has really buoyed their chances. I'm shocked. You were We were so high on the Steelers. And wow. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, we, we we talked about it in the last episode. I probably rated like I mean, I I, I gave the city a super generous rating. I probably yeah. rated the Steelers way higher than I should have. I mean, I think like I said, no matter what, they would have gone through because there's other things that I like quite a bit about them. But yeah, they were just not not fans, not fans. Wow. Sorry, Dan. Wow. Look, as much as I love Pittsburgh, I really don't give a shit about Pittsburgh. So you know what? If they wanna if they wanna throw shade my way, bring it, man. I have. I'm a fan of fucking Washington teams. I'm I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah, no. And Dan, I quite enjoy your reading. All right. I, frankly, I think in the last episode, I think I was like something fjord. You know, that's better than fourth grade level. But you know what? Maybe the education system in Pittsburgh is so good that by the fourth grade, mm. they're like it's a fair unbelievable. Point. You know, I'm it's just trying point. to be as positive as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, so I think we can. Shut the door on the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> the book is closed. They maintain their status. I mean, if you move them from maybe to a no because of that, it would be the most shocking oh, that thing would be, since yeah. the uh, Trump victory. Yes. Yeah. And we'd have a lot of Steeler fans on Reddit who would not give a shit because they're not listening. Yeah. Fuck them. Unless they come back, unless you become a Steelers fan. But, Joe, I mean, come on. Are you really going to be a fan? Like, Indifferent is one thing, but are you going to really be a fan of a team that are like openly mocking you and me, your brother-in-law? Look, it'll be, it, it, it's certainly a factor against them. I'm not going to say that that disqualifies them. Maybe the Reddit community, maybe the day I posted, whatever, maybe yeah. they are not a good representation of the fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I did post it on July 4th, so maybe all the like super patriotic, good Americans were like busy celebrating. Yeah. Totally. I understand. I understand. All right. Anyways, Steelers are done. They will still have their chance in the Sweet 16. But let us open the book on the Bills and start with, of course, our newly anointed super fan from last episode, Riley the Diabetic, as he likes to be called. The Bills are the AFC Vikings, which apparently makes them bad in Joe's eyes, but good in mine. Owen four in Super Bowls, but all of theirs were in a row. If the Bills are in the playoffs, I'm immediately rooting for them unless they are happening to play the Vikings in the Super Bowl, in which case I think the game would would end in a tie after 17 quarters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's true. That's true. I like that. The diabetic's hitting on all cylinders. I like the the AFC Vikings, too. I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that a little more, but uh, yeah. 
Riley's uh, his his opinions in the book. Let's go to Superfan Sean, and of course our new segment, off season transactions. And compared to last time, the uh, the Bills have made some moves. So they've released oh, okay. or waived their kicker, Dan Carpenter. Boy, Superfan Sean has an obsession with kickers. I don't think changing a kicker really matters. Their running back, Mike Gillespie, or Gillilisley. Okay, whatever. If I've never heard of him, he can't be that good. And quarterback, Jason McCourty. Wasn't he in the last one? Anyways, they've claimed a re-signed quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, fullback, Mike Tolbert, kicker, mm-hmm. Steven Hauschka. Oh, man. Formerly on Mike the Tolbert. Also, former Charger, Mike Tolbert. Oh, wow. Strong safety, Micah Hyde, cornerback, Tredavious White, and a few receivers, Andre Holmes and Brandon Tate. And he says, concerning the front office, they fired their general manager, Doug Whaley, and hired Brandon Bean. Wow, Joe. What do you think about that hire of Brandon Bean? I mean, is there a relation to Billy Bean? Is this going to be like a money ball thing out in Buffalo? It could be. I'm on board. I mean, first of all, I have to, to say that Sean is really upping the research game on this podcast right now. There's so much more in-depth, accurate knowledge being thrown at me. I'm not even sure how to respond to it. I will just say, maybe this is my own football naivete. And Dan, you can, you can, you can tell me I'm an idiot yeah. if I'm being an idiot. I don't recognize 80% of the names that he just brought up there. So these aren't like marquee signings. Am I wrong yeah, about that? I mean, the only people... I mean, I know Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback and i mean i knew steven hauschka was the kicker for the seahawks for a long time sure 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 but yeah i mean i know tolbert but he's got to be up in the years a little bit i've heard of micah Hyde, but it's the same thing like if i know them well that means they must have like been in the playoffs for teams and they you know must have been around for a while which probably is not good but i mean is tyrod taylor is he going to be their starting quarterback i assume so when we get to Superfan Sean's fantasy area, I'm sure he'll tell us all about all the players. Okay. No, I mean, it It, it, it sounds like a lot of movement, but not really anything like super marquee. But, but, you know, I mean, sometimes the best signings aren't the ones that make like the big headlines. So, yeah, it's good that, to know. That new general manager, the, the Billy Bean guy, could be, could be the difference. Yeah, Moneyball. Let's do it. And then we go to Superfan Tony for their draft status. Oh, nothing there. Thanks. Thanks for nothing, Superfan Tony. Wow. Wow. But congratulations again to Tony and Pam. Hopefully 50 solid years of marriage ahead of you two. Is that what you say? What is the thing? No, I mean, 50 is sort of a downer. They're they're pretty young, Dan. Um, Wow, they're my age. No, no, you say Mazel Tov. Come on. Can I wish them a a lifetime of happiness? Is that good? Yeah, totally. That's great. All right. A lifetime of happiness. May May you have a bountiful marriage and may your first child be a masculine child. (laughs) <laughs> oh joe your three daughters joe what are you gonna do you, you're going for the they fourth? can be masculine I, I mentioned nothing about gender or sex okay. that's from the godfather dan come on okay okay oh go ahead joe i'm uncultured but i have seen them all but i guess not as many times as you number one don't win a team that's too good or too bad boy as we mentioned in the last podcast we already know their super Bowl odds equal exactly to the last team at 50 to 1 it's a bit of a long shot, but, you know, no, well, it's a bit of a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> Past Super Bowls, zero. Uh, they've oh been in the Super in the Bowl. the most painful way possible, right? Well, I actually wanted to look this up because, you know what? I have know of the Bills, 
having lost four consecutive Super Bowls. So I went back, Joe. I opened up, you know, I hacked back into Elias Sports Bureau, and I said, I know they lost Super Bowl four times. What was the deal, though? Were they, like, favorites? Were they underdogs? What was the deal? So I've got the stats, you know. Don't come after me. Elias Sports Bureau is fair use, you know. I, I didn't mess anything up. In 1990, they were seven-point favorites versus the Giants. Seven-point favorites. They lost by one. So that one was bad. They uh, they should have won. I, I, at one, one of these was the one where they missed the field goal, and I'm sure it was that one because that's the only one where it possibly makes yeah, sense. right, right. So they, you know, that was bad. They were seven-point favorites. They blew it. Now, but... Look at all the rest of them. In 91, they're a seven-point underdog versus my Washington football club. They lost by 13. So they were severe underdogs. They lost by more. Didn't cover the spread. 92, they were six-and-a-half-point underdogs versus the Dallas Cowboys. They hated Cowboys. They lost by 35. You know, they really didn't cover the spread there. Blown out. And in 93, they were ten-and-a-half-point underdogs to those same Dallas Cowboys and lost by 17. So... I think if you look at 1990, that's their, I mean, they were pretty heavy favorites against the Giants, and they they clearly choked in that one. But the other three, they were pretty severe underdogs, and, you know, they lost all of them by double digits. So, you know, it's obviously disappointing to get to the Super Bowl, and even if you're an underdog, you always feel you have a shot, but it's not like they were, like, favorites in all of them, you know? Yeah, I don't don't buy that that necessarily minimizes the pain. I mean, I, I... Maybe it contextualizes it a bit, but like, let's picture the world where next year the Falcons make the Super Bowl. And you're like, man, the shot of Falcon redemption. And let's picture that then they lose by 35 points. Yeah. Would you be like, cool. wow, wow, that was really, you know what? Like, at least they made it again and they, and they were underdogs, so it's fine. Or you'd be like, man, those Falcons fans, they thought that it was bad when they just lost in the biggest, uh, in the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, but now it's even worse because it got blown out the very next year. I like yeah. I think it's it, it's it's just it's just such a painful thing. The four years in a row. I mean, by that fourth year, I mean if you're a Buffalo fan, you just like fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. And it does. It, it seems like they lost the last two by the most. I mean, it's the it's the in a row that is painful. Yeah. Even if a, they were separated by one year, you'd be like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Anyways, though. So brutal, but they've won zero Super Bowls, but they've been in it four times. Over-under wins this year is six. In the past 10 years, Joe, win percentage, top third, middle third, bottom third. Bottom third. Playoff wins, top third, middle third, bottom third. Bottom third. Made the playoffs, top third, bottom third, middle third. (laughs) Bottom third. Let's say bottom third. I'm going to say bottom third across the board. Ding, ding, ding. Now, Joe. Joe. Yeah. It's too easy. Their win percentage, 41.2%, puts them at 26th in the league. But here is our new game, our Bills-specific game. It is what I like to entitle more than zero or zero. Playoff wins, more than zero or zero. In the last 10 years? Yeah. Uh, 10 years is a long time. Okay, I'm going to guess playoff wins. Wins. Playoff wins. Zero. Made the playoffs more than zero or zero? More than zero. Joe, you are wrong. They've made the playoffs zero times in the last 10 years. And in fact, Joe, the last time the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs was in 1999. 17 
seasons ago. Oh my goodness. Brutal. Can you imagine they, in the years between 1990 and 1999, they made the playoffs eight out of ten years. They went to the fucking Super Bowl four out of the ten years. Obviously, they lost them all. And then you can imagine. They've made the playoffs eight out of ten years. They've been to the Super Bowl. They're going. They hadn't had playoff wins in a while. And then after 1999, to imagine they would not make the playoffs again for the following 17 seasons is insane. So there are, so this coming September, when their season starts, there will be Bills fans starting their freshman year of college that were not alive the last time they were in the playoffs. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> wow. That's, that's not great. That's crazy. That's not great. Wow, get the... Oh, I, I've got the stats here. I'm, I'm using champs or chumps. This is amazing. We're, we're really digging deep here. Since the year 2000, there is only one team and one team alone that has never made the playoffs, and that is these Buffalo Bills. That is crazy. So the Cleveland Browns even made the playoffs once. Wow. The Jacksonville Jaguars made it twice. The Detroit Lions made it three times. But the Buffalo Bills stand alone in the new millennium, the new manium, the cremanium, whatever. The Buffalo Bills are the only team in the NFL yet to make the playoffs. But Dan, I mean, am I okay? So too good, too bad. They're obviously not too good. Am I wrong, though, in thinking that like at least in the last year, there was some like hint of an ascendancy? Well, the thing is, so... These stats are interesting because look at this. When we look at the teams that have historically not made the playoffs, we've got the Cleveland Browns. Their win percentage since the year 2000, 31.6. Then we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, win percentage 39. The Detroit Lions, 35. The Buffalo Bills at 41% are higher than all of those teams. And let's look at the Buffalo Bills over the last three years. Two or three years ago, nine and seven. Two years ago, eight and eight. Last year, seven and nine. They're right there. The problem, mm-hmm. of course, is they play in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL where they have no chance of winning the division. It's obviously going to the Patriots or maybe the Dolphins, but yeah, the Patriots. And so they're fighting for a wild card, but they have the huge disadvantage of having to play the Patriots twice. And so this is just a team that's. They're really curt. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible division to be in. And it's it's not that they're bad. Right. Right. If you put the bills I mean they are bad, but their win percentage, again, their win percentage is only twenty sixth, which is bad, but it's not the worst. It's better than five teams. Yeah, I mean, if you put the bills in the AFC South, which we just talked about in the last episode. Oh. They would be probably their odds would be right there with the Colts and and the Texans in making the playoffs, right? I mean, they'd be maybe a little bit below those two teams, but they'd be right there. I think it'd be below, but they. I mean, I think if they were in the AFC South, they probably made the playoffs four times in the last like twenty years. Mm-hmm. 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 This is yeah. they're in such a tough division. I mean, this being in the Patriots division is the worst possible. Think like, you know, you people look at the NBA and talk about how like rigged it is. And it's like, oh, 
you know, the Warriors are so good. You know, the Warriors have been good for like two years, and this dynasty is going to wear out in like three or four years. You know, in the NFL, it's like these dynasties last. This dynasty has lasted 10 years. I mean, it's insane to be in this division for the last 10 years. It's just brutal. So look, if the Buffalo Bills won the Super Bowl, it would be the most exciting thing for any Bills fan. In fact, probably they are probably the team that would get the most excitement out of an improbable Super Bowl win. So like that is great, but it would be tough because is this, is this dry spell going to end anytime soon? I mean, do, does anyone think that there's a reasonable chance, even a, an unreasonable chance, even a small chance of them winning the division? No. So then you well, think, well, have they have to, to jump ahead to number two for me to give you the stats on yeah, that. Yeah, but. no, but, 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 so then you have to say, so they'd have to make it to the playoffs as a wild card, go on a run. I mean, it just seems like they're so far away from that. And I think the point of the two bad side of this category is I don't want to be bogged down with a team that is just hopeless. And this feels a little hopeless to me. Uh, but the excitement, if they if they made it and won, even if I had to spend five years investing as a fan to get to that moment would be such a relief with a team like this that I do want to give them a little bit of credit for that. So let's say three and a half out of 10. Three and a half. I'm a little generous, but but fair. I like your rationale. So number two, what do you think about the division? So we've been to this division twice before. Yep. We've been for the Patriots, where you gave mm-hmm. it a four out of 10. Mm-hmm. We've been for the Jets, where you gave it a three out of 10. Yeah. And... You know, nothing's changed except for I've got the stats to show the Patriots betting odds dominance. So if you look at the betting odds, the Patriots are 82% likely to win. The Dolphins are 10%. The Bills at 6%. And the Jets rounded out at 2%. So, you know, the Bills, ugh, you know, 6%. It's an outside shot. Dolphins, 10%. Yeah. It's still an outside shot, and the Pats are going to win, as they always do. I mean, I think the rationale before was that this is really not a division with a ton of parity, or really any parity, and I don't uh, like that. No parity whatsoever. Right. And at least if you're the Patriots, that's sort of okay, because you're like, well, fuck it. I get to trample my division. Yeah, I get to win I mean, every time. I do like. I do feel like there's, a, there's some healthy rivalries here. Like, if you're the Bills, you fucking hate the Patriots, and you get to play them twice— the problem is you get to most likely lose to them twice a year. But it's not really a rivalry if it's not competitive. I totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is what I gave it for the Jets, three, you said? You gave the Patriots a four and you gave the Jets a three. I think the rationale with the Jets is that it's worse for them because they're on the bottom looking up. And I think that's yeah. equally true for the Bills. So, yeah, this is a three again. Three. Bills off to a rough start. But maybe, probably not, though, <laughs> number three will help. Does a head coach mean a minimum threshold of competence? But, Joe, ding, ding, ding. We haven't done this in a while. It's a rookie head coach. Finally, yes. It's been so long. We've had all these coaches that we've heard of before. But this one, their head coach is Sean McDermott. And what does a rookie head coach mean? Well, Roto World does not rank the rookie head coaches. So we have nothing to go on except for their little ditty. And I'll just give their history. So their head coach is Sean McDermott. He was the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers from 2011 Mm -hmm. to 2016. Before that, he was with the Eagles as their secondary coach and then their defensive coordinator. So 
he this is a defensive minded coach you know and Buffalo defensive team sort of although doesn't necessarily work out that way in practice but you know in theory Roto World says Sean McDermott is a low wattage hire and that's what the Bills were going for after Rex Ryan short-circuited the system Sean McDermott's a standard issue bald head and facial hair assistant McDermott is tasked with he is bald yeah He's, he's got he's to restore respectability and professionalism. He's certainly done so with his staff, hiring NFL lifers like offensive coordinator Rick Dennison, defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, and linebackers coach Bob Babich. The danger is that Mike McDermott ends up as merely a boring failure as opposed to Rex Ryan's spectacular one. McDermott spent <laughs> the last six years learning under defensive whiz Ron Rivera, a dream arrangement, but one that made it difficult to discern McDermott's impact. McDermott also won't have the benefit of on-the-rise coach Anthony Lynn calling his plays an in-season adjustment that nearly saved the Bills' 2016 season. Ultimately, he was a perfectly fine hire who is nevertheless unlikely to end the Bills' 17-year playoff drought. Unless a franchise quarterback walks through the door this offseason, it's about as much as the Bills could have hoped for. So... Not necessarily the most inspiring thing in the world, but, you know, he's somebody. Look, I I like this guy. I like his glistening bald head. <laughs> I like, I do. I like that he learned under Ron Rivera. Is that because you like, you like my bald head? You know, maybe that's why I feel a kinship with him. Yeah, maybe I'm Wait, like, you do know. You, do you know who where Anthony Lynn is right now? You remember this, right? No. Anthony Lynn is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, we, right. Of we course. covered this in the very first of episode. Course. Oh, yeah, of course. So. It's been so long. You, look, you're so disconnected from the team. This is amazing because you, you are probably going to give them up, but you might not. Look, I'm not. There's, there, there are no more San Diego Chargers. I mean, you know, if if there were still San Diego Chargers, I would hang out. I, I'd be... Right in the mix, talking about you know their dra- everything about draft Anthony picks. Lynn. I know everything about it, but look, I've let go. Now maybe I pick up the LA Chargers, but but you know maybe not. They do I mean, not score for great. Anybody listening to this podcast series who isn't sure of your commitment, the fact that you do not know who the current head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers is amazing. No, they're not my team anymore. Wow. But look, look, and they might be again. They might be again. They might be not again. Likely. But that if people are thinking well. you're not treating this thing fairly, no, no that's amazing. It's true. It's true. I I have a good feeling about this guy though, Dan. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> good feeling. I have a good feeling. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. All right. That's the score you give every rookie head coach. But that's good. I, if this guy turns out to be the next Bill Belichick, just keep playing this podcast to show your uh, prognostication skills. You heard it here first. This guy, <laughs> he's got it. I don't. You know, I can't even tell you what it is, but he has it. He's got it, yeah. All right, number four. Do the players get in trouble with the law? Yada, yada, yada. They've been in the like top third of not getting in trouble with the law, both overall in the past five years. Though, again, some of this might be because, you know, Buffalo is not necessarily a high-profile place. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can even drive in Buffalo like six months out of the year. There's like too much snow. I know. I wonder how much Buffalo being in Buffalo – which is something that theoretically, well, I mean, they could change, but it wouldn't be Buffalo anymore. Yeah. Like, I, like, I wonder how much that impacts their ability to sign players. I mean, it obviously doesn't impact Green Bay, which seems like it would have the same problem. But, you know, 
Well, I don't Buffalo's think Green Bay is as to cold be. as Buffalo. I, well, I guess actually, kind of. I'm trying to think of where, like, where the snow games are in the winter. Definitely, like Buffalo is like a lock for a couple snow games. Yeah, Lambeau and, has like the ice games. And maybe you could say that Green Bay is bad, but it just happens to be Green Bay, this iconic team. Yeah. Um, or maybe they do suffer with it. Maybe maybe it's harder for that. I don't. You know, I don't know. But but you would think that like if you're a free agent and the money is relatively equal and you get to pick whether you get to live in Buffalo for half the year or LA, it's like a, it's like a no brainer, right? Well, how did that work out for San Diego? Do you feel like San Diego got their fair share of like good free agent signings? No, but then, you know, the Spanoses are so cheap. I don't know. Like in California, high tax state. Yeah. It's not like we were going after it and the taxes are probably a huge factor and I don't know if they offset that in the salary cap. Like, if you get more room, I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't think I don't, so. Yeah, I mean, you probably should. Um, well, I guess New York is a high tech state too, but then you're in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely felt like at the time, like I felt like like Eli Manning's decision to go with the Giants instead of the Chargers was about endorsement deals and being in New York. I mean, being the head quarterback for the New York Giants is a much high it's a much more lucrative career path than being the quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. But, but that's not about whether or whatever. So I mean, but I do think players think about it. They think about like the stage that they're going to be on. Yeah. But like most human beings when they're looking at jobs, think about the city that that it's in and would they want to live there and be part of that community. It seems weird to think the NFL players wouldn't. I'm sure they they must. I mean, you if there was a ranking of all 32 NFL teams by how much fun living in the city was, which is sort of what you're talking about, that you're just talking about visiting a city. I mean, Buffalo, God love it. Like I have nothing against Buffalo, but it's got to be towards the bottom. I mean, look, we'll get into it. We'll touch into it a little bit later, but right. I think visiting is different from living there year round because, you know, you can visit a city and sort of like, like New Orleans, like it, I think it's a fun city to visit, or Vegas, you know, which we might come to later. I think these are fun cities to visit, but I wouldn't want to live in Vegas, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, and part of the reason why I was thinking about it with Buffalo, and why I brought it up in this category, I, I'm not sure if you were going to talk about this or not in terms of the getting in trouble with the law, but the most famous player in Buffalo Bills history, O.J. Simpson, if you watch the documentary on him part of the reason why he retired young or relatively young is because he hated living in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's just get to the category. We'll, we'll bring that up later. But so our player highlight is Marcel Darius, who is a nose tackle. He was the third pick in the 2011 draft. He is a two time pro bowler in both 2013 and 2014. So he's been in trouble with the law a couple times in, um, and and both in the same month, actually. So in May of 2014, he was pulled over for speeding in Alabama and accused of felony drug possession. And then later that month, he was accused of crashing his Jaguar into a tree. And he was also accused of drag racing and reckless endangerment. And this was in New York. I don't know if it was in Buffalo, but somewhere near there as he was drag racing Another NFL player <laughs> just along the street is like his Jaguar with the other guy's BMW or something. 
So what happened? What did the Bills do? Well, again, this is a team that doesn't necessarily have a history of guys getting in trouble with the law, even though I would have thought they would have given that like, you know, Rex Ryan, I, I know he wasn't the coach for that long, but you know, just kind of that swashbuckling attitude. But so Darius, he got, he was had two weeks off as he faced his criminal charges and they were, and coach Doug Marone, who is our coach at the time, this is like two coaches ago said he was disappointed in Darius for making poor decisions. And then Darius himself chimed in and said that he was young and dumb and that he, you know, was going to like, you know, get better. Of course, this didn't necessarily happen because a year later, it was announced that Darius would be suspended for one game for violating the league's substance abuse policy. And then a year later, in mid-2016, he was suspended four games for his second violation of the NFL substance abuse policy. But through all this, in between these, he signed a six-year 90 something 95 million dollar contract with the bills which included 60 million dollars in guaranteed money to uh to play for the bills so essentially third pick in the nfl draft very good nose tackle two-time pro bowler bills basically don't give a shit what he does and uh you know i and i do respect their point where they said look he's a young guy we're gonna like get him better although you know he had the substance abuse violations two times after that but anyways nothing shied them away from uh signing him to a long-term contract after three of uh both things where he was pulled over and the uh one game suspension happened before they offered him the contract yeah i mean the thought that i had with the bills and why i probably would have guessed that they would have been higher is they were the team that signed sean merriman after he flamed out in San Diego and not yeah. that he was really having trouble with the law, but he did have trouble with, um, with PEDs. And so it just like, it did seem like they were the type of team that I think the generous interpretation is what you said that like thinks that they can turn people around. The less generous is that they don't give a shit and they, you know, you know, want to win games and they want to sign talented people no matter what. Yeah. I will say just with the OJ thing, I don't know if it's it, like, it actually might be worse. Like if you're a Bills fan, the tragedy of losing four Super Bowls in a row might actually not be as bad as the fact that like the biggest standout player that you have will never be on a highlight reel or retired jersey without I mean everyone in the world being like, Oh yeah, that murderer. Right? Like it's just it's just like like such a like a a sad thing that like for for them. I mean that I mean, like Joe, the history look who you're talking to right now. Like- yeah, no it's I it's went like, to USC, and I think the the thing it happened so long ago. Like, I mean, by the time I went to USC, it's like all the there was obviously no reference to OJ Simpson. Certainly, almost in my lifetime, and certainly whenever I cared about USC, I don't think it mattered. It's just such ancient history. His contributions, like, do you real like who was the greatest Charger in the nineteen nineties or the early nineties and the the late eighties? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, it was Dan Fouts, right? I mean, like. Do you like really do you love Dan Fouts? Well, I don't really care about Dan Fouts. But that's a good yeah, point. Exactly. It's a good point. It's a good point. But but I do feel like they don't have much else in Buffalo. It's not like they have don't like well pity she, Buffalo, Joe. I, they have I'm a just, lot. I feel a little bad. Okay. No, I'm not saying the city of Buffalo. I'm saying as a team, it's not like you could say, Well, OJ was the best player in that era, but then in this era, they like he was he's 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 the only 
great player to come out of there. But Jim anyway. Kelly, who led them to four Super Bowls? I mean, four Super Bowl losses. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I'd take a Super Bowl loss. Look, they're clearly not the worst team when it comes to crime, and they're not evil. They maybe don't give a shit as much as we'd like them to, but that puts them in the same category as like 95% of the rest of the NFL. So let's say six out of 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs> I love it. Look, it's tough to put a number down on such a complicated topic. Number five, can't root for a team that Rob roots for. What do you got? All right, so Mr. Rob Bobbert puts uh, the Bills at his 22nd team, so towards the bottom, but still sort of in the middle of the pack that he's not like super passionate about either way. And he says, talk about liking a team out of pity. Can't imagine how tough it must have been for them to lose the four Super Bowls, then having to suffer under the reign of the Patriots. I would love to see them win the division and then knock the wild card Pats out of the playoffs with a home win. That would be so rewarding for the country to see. That would be great. I'm with Bob right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he is middle of the road about the uh, Bills. So I think that puts me middle of the road about the Bills. So I'd say five out of 10. Five out of 10. Number six. Is this a city you would enjoy visiting to go to the game? So, of course, I loaded up the old TripAdvisor, and I was very confused because the number one place on TripAdvisor was the Franklin Lloyd Wright Darwin D. Martin House Complex. Mm. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what is that? And apparently what it is is a very rich man, Darwin D. Martin, went to a very famous architect, Frank Frank Lloyd Lloyd Wright, and said... Build me a giant house complex. And so during 1903 to 1905, Frank Lloyd Wright built this huge complex of multiple buildings that would make up this really rich guy's house that apparently was in the prairie school era of the Franklin Lloyd Wright architect, whatever. And according to Wikipedia, ranks along with the Guggenheim in New York City and the Falling Water in Pennsylvania among his greatest works. So that's your number one spot in Buffalo, which is a tour of a guy's house. Have you looked at pictures of this house? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty amazing house, but... I don't know. I mean, look, I like architecture, and I even like Frank Lloyd Wright. I'm looking at these pictures. Eh, it kind of looks like a college campus. <laughs> well, college campuses, I'm sure, also have very nice architecture. But look, I'm not. I'm not... I don't want to jade your opinion about it, which already clearly is negative. But my opinion was more so that I thought it was, uh, you know, I would like to see the number one thing a, a city has is being a more of a, I don't know. I just don't like it's at some rich person's house. Like, I understand museums are kind of like not really much different that you're just going and seeing a bunch of stuff, but just a rich guy's house. But have you ever done the uh, Hearst Castle tour in California? I have. I have. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, but I was, I would say I was underwhelmed. You know, they were like, oh, look at the pool here and look at this. And it's like, I mean, I've been to resorts that are much nicer than that guy's house. And it's like, I think it's so much, a lot of these things are kind of like, they like to sell how much that it's just like one guy, a whole, can you imagine 
one family living in this exp- this unbelievable mansion. It's like, well, that's just so wasteful to me. Like, it, it's it's just not as interesting. And I think this guy's house is the same, and Hearst Castle is the same. And I think in both instances, it's better that the families obviously don't live them anymore, and they are like museums. Like, right. I think that's better right. for society. Number two, Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn, since its inception, has served as a cemetery, a park, an arboretum, an outdoor museum. Monuments, mausoleums, and sculptures have attracted visitors for over 150 years. Number three, the Buffalo and Erie County Naval and Military Park. It is home to several decommissioned U.S. naval vessels, including the Cleveland-class cruiser, the USS Little Rock, the Fletcher-class destroyer, USS The Sullivans, and the submarine USS Croker. Great name for a submarine. All three are open to the public for tours. Number four, Canal Side. Canal Side is a historic district within Buffalo that was once the western terminus of the Erie Canal. Today, it has become a rich site of development, revival, and activity in modern-day Buffalo. Mm. Number five, the Theodore Roosevelt Inaugural National Historic Site. Here, after the assassination of William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt took the oath of office as President of the United States on September 14, 1901. A New York historical marker outside of the house indicates exactly where the inauguration happened. So there you go. Those are the top five. There you go. I mean, I don't know if I'm really all that interested in any of those, Dan. Joe, don't be hating on Buffalo. My hope was to like Buffalo. I still think I might like Buffalo. I just feel like that, that maybe that TripAdvisor is not really bringing it. There's no, <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot there that I'd want to do. Well, the botanical gardens really can't grow in Buffalo. It's a little too cold. Flowers That's don't true. like that. Yeah. So, okay. First of all, let's say that Buffalo probably suffers a little bit from the same things that Pittsburgh probably should have gotten rated down for that Tennessee does in that like, even if I thought that it sounded great to go there, uh, the odds of me spending a lot of time there are pretty slim going like more than once. I will say it didn't make it to the TripAdvisor, but Buffalo is pretty close to Niagara Falls. Mm. Have you been to Niagara Falls? I don't think so. So your sister and I went once. It's pretty, it's, you know, it didn't, it didn't disappoint. I'll say that. It's a big waterfall. It's a big fucking waterfall. And there's like stuff to do around it. It's kind of like a theme park. It wasn't too Could bad. you imagine going over it in a barrel? That's all I thought about the whole time. Really? You think you could so, do it? Would you uh, do it for like a billion dollars? I mean, it depends. What kind of like safety restraints do I have? How much How much of a guarantee of survival do I have? Or, or is it just like there's me in a barrel and I have to hope for the best? I mean, I think whatever ba- people have gone over in bills before in the past, I assume. I mean, you've been there. That's a thing, right? Yeah. So we'll give you a barrel with better, you know, security or safety restraints than they had, but like not too much better. Probably. I probably would not do it, but I have, but I have a family. Damn. Yeah. You can't risk it. Would you do it? Uh, no, there's, there's nothing for me to gain from that, Joe. <laughs> I mean, a billion dollars is a lot of money, Dan. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I think when you're risking your life for something crazy like that, it's it's all about the adrenaline rush. Right. That's not for well, me. And, and the billion dollars. Yeah, but I think it's it's about the adrenaline. All right. 
let's say uh, Buffalo is towards the bottom of this list. Probably not going to spend some time there, but four out of 10. Four out of 10. Well, very generous. Nashville and Buffalo getting equal scores. Wow. Number seven, does the team have player players you could put on your fantasy roster? Of course, super fan Sean with the information. Thank you so much. Really making my life easy. He says the Bills are doing an offseason rebuild of their offense in an attempt to give Tyrod weapons and replace the not-so-stellar wide receiver court they lost this year to free agency. Their current fantasy applicable players are quarterback Tyrod Taylor. Last year, he finished as the ninth-rated quarterback with new weapons, could have a stronger future. Running back, Sean McCoy, Shady, finished last year as the number five running back. Tight end, Charles Clay. On the field often, but drops a lot of passes. Not worth a pickup unless you're desperate for a tight end and he starts to shine. Well, Super Fanchon is just like coloring the opinion of all of these players with his uh, personal feelings. Wide receiver, Zay Jones. Second round pick in the draft. Has a future in this league. Put up big combine numbers. Might be slotted in as the number two wide receiver. Might be worth a pickup, but unproven in the NFL. And, of course, Sammy Watkins, injury-plagued, but puts up numbers when healthy, worth looking at as a steal if others are avoiding, comparable to a discount Keenan Allen in fantasy relevance. Yeah, I like Sammy Watkins. I know. So that's a lot. little tough. That, that's a little tough. That's harsh. But anyways, he finishes, I expect the Bills to have a slightly better offense than last year. Losing their backup running back, who played a role in the team, will hurt them but their revamp at the wide receiver position should bode well for the offense and take some pressure off McCoy. So there you go. I mean, this is a team that definitely has some... We're we're upgrading on our last team. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, number five running back is good. And Sammy Watkins for, you know, everything they said. He's good when he's healthy. Sammy Watkins, LaShawn McCoy... Yeah, I feel like there's definitely some really good fantasy players. And LaShawn McCoy, I mean, he puts up numbers pretty consistently. And the fact that he might not be losing carries to a backup running back actually might be a good thing. Might be a bad thing for the Bills, but might be a good thing for LaShawn McCoy owners, right? If if it were true that Sammy Watkins... I think I actually have Sammy Watkins in, in a keeper league that I'm in with you, Dan. So I hope he, he does fine. Um, and And I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be worth spending money on, but if he's surrounded by more wide receiver weapons, that might be a good option. So what did I give the Titans in this category? Split it right down the middle. Five out of 10. Yeah, it was a generous five out of 10. Yeah. Let's <laughs> I say know. I that I feel it's fair. Let's say that the bills get a six and a half out of 10. Oh, six and a half. All right. You, you love yourself. Any player you have keeper rights on. <laughs> yeah. I, I support my own. Good decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight. Is the owner a monster? So the owner is Terry Pagula. Net worth $4 billion. Made his money in natural gas and oil. He is uh, big in the Pennsylvania fracking scene. He, <laughs> okay. That's that's pretty evil. <laughs> well, look. Dude, just hold it until the end, Joe. Okay. He also owns the Buffalo, because believe me, this story is going to have a little twist that might be good or bad. We'll, we'll see what, how you feel about it. So Terry Pagul also owns the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. The Rochester, Are you sure you're pronouncing that last name right? No. 
No, you don't think you are? Or you're I, I mean, I don't sure. know. Pagula? What could a, What else could it be? I think Pag- you have to say it with the Italian. Pagula. You have to say it like with the Italian <laughs> okay. accent. You got to use your hand, too. Terry Pagula. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, much I better. I don't, I don't know if he's Italian. But it doesn't matter. That's just how it's pronounced. Okay. He owns the Buffalo Sabres of Rochester Americans in the AHL mm-hmm. and the Buffalo Bandits of the NLL. I don't even know what that is, but it's something. And he owns it. So this guy, Terry Pagula, buys the team in September 2014 after the original owner and founder of the team, very famous NFL owner, Ralph Wilson, died. Now, in our last episode, after the owner died, I talked a lot about the former owner. But in this case, I'm not because it is not what did not transfer within Ralph Wilson's family. This is an entirely new owner who is entirely new sort of situation. Now, what is the new situation about him? Well, Pigula was the favorite amongst local Bills fans and local politicians because he owns all these other teams in Buffalo and because of his commitment to the like Buffalo area because Buffalo is a team that was worried and I think not like incorrectly so that somebody was interested in buying the team to move it elsewhere. So when Terry Pagula bought the team, they were very excited that it's like, well, this guy owns like five other teams in the area. He's obviously locked in. Of course, who was he competing against to buy the team? None other, none other than our current president of the United States, Donald Trump, who had a competing bid, who of course would have moved the team to, what's the worst possible place to move the team? Move to New York City to compete with the Giants and the Jets? Oh my God. Yeah, I guess that would have been what he would have done, right? I mean, he would have moved it somewhere. I mean, maybe maybe it just would have like roved around to whatever like shitty Trump hotel he was opening. So like one year it would play in Mar in in in, in, in Mar-a-Lago. The other year it would play in like Scotland at some you know country yeah. club out there. All opposing teams are required to stay in the Trump hotel. What it <laughs> paid Trump, whatever the prices Absolutely. are. Oh my God, we'd be so much better off if he were an NFL owner, though. I know, I know. I'm like shit. If he had just owned the team, it would have kept him occupied. Oh, my God. And uh, Terry Pigula also beat out John Bon Jovi, was also potentially interested in buying the team. He bought it for, like, between one and, like, one and a half billion dollars all in cash, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Pigula, you know, he's donated. He's he's a Republican, donates to a lot of Republicans, but he's also donated, he's donated a little bit to our boy Chuck Schumer. He's, you know, donated to some... Uh, Incumbent Democrats in Newark. He he spreads the money around. Tony Pegula knows how to knows how to butter the uh, the politicians' bread. So, but isn't he like? Isn't despite the the connection that Pegula or T Pags as I call him, isn't isn't T Pags connection with Buffalo not really like the point? Like, isn't that actually in question now? Because ha- hasn't there been like, if I recall, aren't they playing like a bunch of games per year in Toronto? It's crazy that you ask this. In the minimal research I've done, it says, TPEG's first major order of business was to end the Bills Toronto series, which he did literally like two months after he bought the team. So he's done with that. They are the Buffalo Bills. You know, TPEG's, he's not getting his passport out. He's not going to fucking Canada. He bought the team in Buffalo. The team's playing in Buffalo. Wow. So he just ended that. Oh, good for him. 
So this guy really does not want to move the team. I mean, he owns like four teams in the area, so he would have to move all of them. Wouldn't that be actually like the worst thing? He was like, you thought because I owned all these teams I was going to stay. Nope, I'm moving these six franchises out. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for the football team, it might be one thing, but the hockey teams, boy, Buffalo seems feels like a good hockey town. I I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, pushback if you tried to move them. Especially if he was going to Toronto. They'd be like, yeah, we don't need your, your shitty minor league hockey team. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, T-Pags seems all right. You know, I like I like the fact that he was the fan favorite. I think that other than the fracking, it's not great. He, he does seem like the NFL owner that you would want if you were a Bills fan. You'd be like, I, yeah. I'm so glad that he owns a team and not anyone else. And he ended uh, the Toronto thing. Yeah. That'd be that you're like, fuck the Toronto thing. Half of our home games aren't even at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that seems pretty good. Let's say a seven out of 10. Seven out of 10. All right. Number nine, rate the uniform and the logo. Well, they're the Buffalo Bills. Why? Well, of course, this is a very long running team. This is an original AFL team, I believe. The Bills' nickname was suggested as part of a fan contest in 1947 to rename Buffalo's All-America Football Conference team, which was originally the Buffalo Bisons. The Bills' nickname referenced Frontiersman Buffalo Bill Cody and was selected over the Buffalo Bullets, the Buffalo Nichols, and the Buffalo Blue Devils. Although, at least two of those three names were uh, you know, used by other teams. It helped that the team was owned by the president of Frontier Oil, James Bruel. So I don't know why he really likes that. But anyways, there you go. So first of all, we have to make a correction. I remember, I mean, this is going to be a, a, a real throwback for you, Dan. In our second episode, which was the Browns episode, you said that the Browns were the only NFL team that was owned after or that was named after a person, ah. which now is not exactly true, right? I mean, it's true. It's true. You know what, Joe? I'll go back and edit in at that moment. Please, like, please do. This please is do. incorrect. See 30 episodes from now for the truth. What I, what I like about the Buffalo Bills team name is it's the only team that actually like uses the city name as part of the team name. So like the part yeah. of it that's Bills doesn't make sense without the city. It further locks in the team into Buffalo because saying the San Diego Bills, but then having a Buffalo as their logo, it doesn't make sense. Well, that really saved the Houston Oilers, Joe. Fair point. Fair point. But think about it. There's no other team that actually uses the city as part of its like full name. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like the Buffalo. I'm not sure what the red line on the buffalo signifies. If you look at the logo, it's like, is it bleeding? Is it an injured buffalo? I don't think they have an injured buffalo. What's the red line then? Is it to signify the buffalo is running fast? (laughs) Well, the buffalo appears to be jumping. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just to get the like red, white, and blue situation. Mm Hmm. Yeah, it's a really good question. What is that giant weird red line doing there? What's the red line? Yeah. Because it really doesn't make sense at all. Unless it's like a speed line. Like, oh, this buffalo is running so fast. But why would the speed There's line a... be coming out of its eye as opposed to, like, its body? It's a good, that's, that's, that's a good follow-up question. 
Yeah. Boy, that is strange. Joe, breaking news here. We might have to get the the logo creator of this on the pot. Yeah. No, the red line doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. If if any of our uh, newly found Bills listeners want to enlighten us, we appreciate it. The buffalo, if we're c- comparing them to the other land mammals, I think would get the shit kicked out of it by any other team we've talked about so far. Certainly a Bengal tiger would yeah, really eat a buffalo. Right. But not like a pack of buffalo because buffaloes are pack animals. I think a tiger, the way buffaloes defend themselves is by being in packs and then a tiger comes after and like all 100 buffalo just fucking trample the shit out of the tiger. But like one-on-one, it's not close. But a buffalo herd, you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, but tigers are good hunters, though. Like, they would stalk and they'd wait for the weakest buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I I have my money on the tiger. I don't think the tiger is going to get trampled, but... Like, the thing that the American buffalo was best at was getting killed. I mean, hence, like, the fact that we don't see buffalo roaming around. Well, there are three roaming around San Francisco right now. They're great. But really? yes. Wow. Well, they're in Golden Gate Park. They're, they're very... Oh, yeah, great. it's not really roaming. Yeah, but yeah, but I oh, hear they're, you. But, so, they're, they're roaming. So we take the land mammals and, uh, you know, get rid of the of the horses as their own category. I think the buffalo's at the bottom of that, and the logo is a little bit like the red, white, and blue thing. Like, you know, come on. Yeah. Uh, so it's okay. It's okay. I like the name. I the red line, man. The red line is throwing me off though. Four out of ten. The red line is confusing. What I feel is like it? maybe somebody likes pen slipped like sixty yeah. years ago, and they've just been like keeping it ever like, since. Okay, okay. Let me do this. My first provisional score. I'm going to give him a 4 out of 10. No, no. If someone gives us a really good explanation of the red line, I'm going to bump that up, Dan. All right. Well, it wouldn't be the first time, but it's your first time doing it preemptively. Yeah. All right, Joe. Number 10. Do they play a style of play you'd enjoy watching? So, 10th best offense, 26th best defense, in DVOA, this puts him 22nd overall, which you know shows basically the team we did before this Titans were actually quite similar in both, but were 11th. So basically, the middle of the NFL is is pretty tight in in terms of uh, their skill level. Well, what's interesting about them? Tennessee Titans had the third highest rushing percentage in the league. Well, step aside. Buffalo has the second best and. Who has the most NFL rushing yards per game? Why, yes, it's the Buffalo Bills, and it's not even close. They're at 164 yards per game. The Dallas Cowboys second at 150 yards per game. And who has the most yards per rushing attempt? Why, yes, it's the Buffalo Bills at 5.3 yards. So this is a team that runs the ball and, frankly, runs the ball very successfully. So that's where you're getting. I don't know if that's where you're going to get next year, but... It's a team that moves the ball on the ground. It's sort of interesting that we pick these two teams at random, the Titans and the Bills, and there are so many similarities or comparison points. Um, Yeah, I mean, this feels just a lot like the conversation we just had about the Titans. I am definitely not opposed to watching a team whose style is run first. I feel like it's a little outdated in the modern NFL, but at least we could say with the bills, I mean, the yards per carry is interesting because that at least shows like, well, whatever they're doing, they're doing it pretty damn effectively. And like the best style of play is the one that works. And 
I mean, it is fun to watch a decent running team. That is certainly true. I mean, it's not, they're the best running team in the right. NFL. Right. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that. And the fact they do it well, I think helps a lot. And the fact they have a bad defense is like, well, you know, we've talked about that with so many teams, like having a good offense and a frustratingly bad defense is not obviously you'd rather have a good defense, but it's, it's still kind of a fun style of play to watch. Cause you're watching that good defense and that's, or, or cause you're watching that good offense. And that's really the, you know, the heart of what makes a fun game. Uh, yeah. this is pretty decent. This is a seven out of 10. Seven. Wow. Titans, which are better on both sides of the ball by DOVOA, you give a five. But you like the Bills. You just like that they're the best at the rushing attack. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think a seven's way too generous. But you know what, Joe? It's your ranking. The That Buffalo Bill is coursing through your blood right now. It the, really is, man. It's puffing up the, the rankings. Number 11, what's interesting about this fan base, I mean, again, I really don't know. They're about 10th in the TV ranking, so that's pretty good. They're in the top third. Uh, and in that fan study, they're 26th when it comes to, like, buying merch for their team. So there's certainly not some, like, situation where Buffalo's in the middle of nowhere, but everybody's a rabid Bills fan. I, I would surmise that the Buffalo Stadium probably is dominated by Bills fans, though, because probably not a lot too many people are going to travel to that so that's probably an advantage but uh otherwise I, I don't i don't know what's crazy about the fans but that's due to my own lack of research and i and i hope the buffalo super fans correct me yeah i mean the one thing i'll say about buffalo fans though is that like if you are a fan of buffalo and you don't live in buffalo and you've suffered through losing super bowls and 19 year playoff drought um, I mean, you're 17, a really 17 year playoff drought. You're a really dedicated fan. Yeah. Like there's no one, there's no one on that Buffalo Reddit page. When I go there, there's no one there who's a fair weather fan. I mean, there's no team in the NFL that has a longer playoff drought. Right. So there is, I mean, there is something interesting about joining the ranks of people who are like, they are, they all have their like story of like, what they've suffered through. So that's that's pretty interesting. But I mean, I think as with anything else, like the thing we, we reward is we reward the distinctiveness of fan culture. And I mean, yeah. what you're saying about, you know, like we didn't do the research on that is like partially true, but also partially not true because one of the things is like, look, if, if they had a distinct thing, like it would have some recognition like yeah. the 12th man does, like the cheesehead thing does. And it's like, yeah, they don't quite have that. So, um, let's just say a five out of 10. All right. Five out of 10. I like the boost for the long suffering fans. You're a good man. Joe finishes off Joe. Number 12 rate the drink. What did you think about the Buffalo bill? Well, I finished it. So that's good. It's a fucking strong drink though. That, that, Buffalo Bill was not fucking around when he said that he wanted to uh, find a drink that he could have that was like three cocktails. Yeah, I wonder how much longer he lived after that doctor's appointment. Six months. Six yeah. months tops. <laughs> what did you think of it, Dan? Did you finish yours? Oh, of course. I finished it at like question number five. But <laughs> it, it was uh, a, uh, you know, it, it was a punch. Punch in the face. You know, the one thing about, you know, these drinks, and, and, and I have, in picking the drinks, I've had... There's not been one system. There's not like it's not like TripAdvisor. There's not one website I'm going to to pick these drinks. I feel like 
I drunk more cider in these drinks than at any other t- other time in my life. The number of mixed drinks with cider is just astounding to me. Yeah. This is, I think for me, not a bad drink, but not a drink I will probably ever drink again. I'm going to say six and a half out of 10. Six and a half out of 10. Wow, Joe. That totals the Bills tally at 62 and a half. Right, right in the danger zone. Well, it's not quite in the danger zone. As much as I'd love to build the drama, we have two teams in at 62, the Chargers and the Broncos. But those were special. They were early. One of them is the Chargers. Now, we have four teams, no, that are higher than that. The Cardinals, 69 and a half. My Washington Football Club at 66 and a half. The Buccaneers at 65. And the Patriots at 64 and a half. All given the reject. So if you move them up, now they wouldn't be the lowest maybe, but they would certainly, they would stand out as a, as one of the lower maybes. And, and there would be a lot of teams asking why they didn't make it with their higher scores. Yeah, our poor Vikings friends. The diabetic would be like, what the fuck? Well, the Vikings were lower, but yes, the diabetic would be very upset. Yeah, as sad as it is, and I hate doing these doubleheaders where we, we reject both teams. It's uh, It feels like we wasted our time. I mean, I guess that's this whole podcast, but... Uh, it's really wasting my time, not as much of your time. Well, it's, it's just wasting much less of my time. Yeah, that's true. I think that the uh, Bills are going to have to... Uh, not move on. Joe, you know, by putting them as a no, that means we've done 22 teams. And that means exactly 11 have moved on and 11 have been rejected. Wow. So look at look wow. at you, right down the middle. Without even messing with the stats. Joe, good. you're a natural. You're, yeah. you're, you just say you're calling the balls and strikes. You're, you're nailing it. But by that logic, then that means that I, I have to pick half of the next teams and i know that what we have left is not good yeah so they're all garbage but look you know they'll be the zombie team so you really only need to pick four of them yeah there's the zombie team and you know maybe yeah exactly maybe a couple zombie teams but you know what joe i put this stuff into random.org i'm about to click submit let's see what we're doing next do 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 oh wow joe the next two teams are the baltimore ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Those aren't dregs at all, Dan. They like are. St- they're really not. They're not dregs at all. You keep you keep threatening dregs. We're not getting dregs, Dan. <laughs> it's it's going to happen eventually, Joe. I mean, the St. Louis Rams are still out there. The 49ers are still out there. They're the the well. I guess actually the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are actually pretty good. But whatever, Joe. Who cares about them? We've got. Two teams, the Ravens and the Chiefs, to focus on. Folks, if you have opinions about them, we love when you send it in. If you want to be like Superfan Sean and be an ultra-elite Superfan, pick one of the numbers and do the research for me and just send it in. I assure you, I will read it without any checking on it. Dan, we have some unfinished business. We need a poll question. Oh, shit. Joe, what's the poll question? I'm curious. Okay. I know the nation is curious. We've been skirting around this question forever. Oh, no. It needs to be settled once and for all, Dan. No, Joe, don't do it. It has, it has to be done. Fjords versus lakes. Oh, Joe, you're going to... 
you know, split our our fans in half. Look, it's better if we address the elephant in the room. Who are the fjord people? Who are the lake people? We need to know. All right. Which do you prefer, a fjord or a lake? That's the question? That's the question. All right. So, folks, there you have it. Send in your feedback about the Ravens, about the Chiefs, about the Bills, about the Titans, or whatever the hell you want. NFL at JoePixPod.com. Superfans, go to the Secret Lounge and answer the poll question. Which do you prefer, a fjord or a lake? For people who aren't superfans and want to be, listen to you know the episode like five episodes ago where we tell you how to be that or send in an email and you will become a super fan so there you have it joe anything any unfinished business again no dan i'm looking forward to the next episode already another double header in the books yeah let's do it tomorrow joe let's go nuts let's just go right now quadruple header all right <laughs> all right yeah, all Thanks, you dan. fans out there we're just gonna record them again All right. (laughs) See you, Joe. Good night, Dan.